folks welcome back to the norwood noise podcast and it is the morning after probably one of the best saturdays we've had in college hoops in a long time um myself evan shibble alongside me graham griffith as always um two of us coming at you here sunday february 4th it's about 11 45 in the morning so we we decided to record before the purdue wisconsin game because we'll kind of get to that next week stuff it kind of fit better with with the topics later on in the week, uh, but we wanted to focus a lot of our time and attention today on this past Saturday and everything that happened um, with a really phenomenal slate, and we'll kind of go through and review all of it. But, I mean, Graham, as you and I kind of both agreed before the show, a little bit underwhelming, I think we both agree. You know, it wasn't, didn't have any crazy close finishes outside of Baylor, Iowa State, which we'll get to later. Um, but outside of Baylor, Iowa State, no no really crazy tight finishes. Um but yeah, Graham, first I'll turn it over to you. Um, how'd you enjoy yesterday? I know you, obviously you were on the road, you were in Chicago, so you didn't get to see a lot of it. Um, but from what you saw, what'd you enjoy? And, uh, and how was your how was your Saturday? Well, it was good. I, it was definitely a lot more uh, fun of a trip this time around, getting a, a big win against DePaul. Um, and then, you know, when you're going into the hotel room or you're passing by TV, you know, you always had to stop to see the games going on and I'm honestly a little bit grateful that the games were a little bit um, all over the place instead of being as close as we thought they were going to be. Um, I think, uh, and I'm not just going to say this because we have a Kansas homer in here, but the Kansas-Houston game was unbelievable because um, Houston team, after dropping the first two games of the Big 12, has looked like, you know, a really, really solid team. And, you know, Kansas, you know, they've had some depth issues and, um, not sure what you're really expecting from them, you know, come March. And, you know, Houston comes into the game favored. You know, they're a super, super physical, strong rebounding team. And Kansas, not only, they kept saying this on the broadcast over and over again, not only did they match their energy, but they dominated them in all the ways that Houston has been able to dominate that's got them to be uh, the fourth best team in the country right now. Um I thought Kansas looked unbelievable, and it really shows, you know, what the home crowd can do for you, and if you have explosive players. Um, I think that this Kansas team just needs, you know, just keep figuring it out, and if you keep knocking off these big teams in the Big 12, you'll be in a great position for the rest of the season. It's interesting, too. I mean, you mentioned that, and just looking ahead, looking at Kansas's schedule, so you hit, you play Houston at home today. Now you got to go travel on Monday to Kansas State, and play a game that has just been kind of an arch nemesis for you these last couple of years. Kansas State always posing a problem uh, for the Jayhawks when they visit. And then you get to host college game day against Baylor next Saturday at home. And then you turn around two days later again 
on Big Monday, and you got to go to Texas Tech, which has clearly been one of the grittiest teams in the Big 12 as they are sitting near the top of the Big 12 as well right now. So just a really tough stretch for the Jayhawks. We'll have to see how they handle it, but obviously off to a good start there. We'll get into more Saturday results here in a minute, but first of all, I want to, want to take us back to this past Tuesday, January 30th. Um, we'll get to a team, and so I, I wanted to praise because I think Tennessee yesterday probably, for me, um, had the best performance going into Rupp Arena, a, a hop in atmosphere like that, and really getting a pretty dominating win. Um, you know, it, it was a really uh, it was a really entertaining game from the start, and, and Tennessee, the way they played, was, was really solid, but it was in response to a home loss to South Carolina, which was really shocking. And actually, this was valued by many of the metrics as the most valuable win of the year, um, you know, for any team. So South Carolina getting a huge win at Tennessee, um, proven that they're legit. I mean, these Gamecocks, you know, um, don't really know, you know, don't have a ton of background. Obviously, they didn't have, you know, a ridiculous out-of-conference schedule, but they're 19-3 and right now. They're 7-2, and sitting at second in the SEC. Um, and, yeah, I mean, obviously, they – Got the big win over Kentucky last week, or excuse me, a couple weeks ago, and then the big win over Tennessee last week. They took care of business yesterday, beating Georgia. That was a that was a sneaky one, right? You know, it's not kind of on the national radar, um, but you have to take care of business at Georgia, and they do. So now you've got Ole Miss and Vanderbilt over the next two before you have to go to Auburn. So really, I think that, you know, if, if you're South Carolina and you're able to really take care of business in these next two before you have to take – you know, you have to go to Auburn and to Ole Miss and two of the next three after that. I think you're putting yourself in a really good position. I think this Gamecocks team is definitely one to keep an eye on um, as they progress throughout the season. Um, other notable results, TCU got a big win, big win over Texas Tech. I almost just don't even know what to say about a lot of these Big 12 teams right now. You know, I think everything, you know, when you're looking at the standings um, in the Big 12, obviously now you've got, after yesterday's game, you've got Kansas and Houston uh, tied atop the Big 12 uh, with Baylor, Texas Tech, and Iowa State all at 5-3, and three, just a game behind uh, when it comes to games played. TCU and BYU at 5-4, and four, uh, and then after that you got Oklahoma, Texas, Cincinnati, K-State, UCF, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. So the way that I see it, I think it's kind of a, I would almost say, a, kind of three tiers here in the Big 12. Um, and Graham, you can tell me if, you know, when you're looking at it as well, if you agree with me or not, but I think you've kind of got this this Houston, Kansas, Baylor, you know, maybe one other kind of in that contenders category, I would say. And then after that, um, I think Texas Tech, Iowa State, TCU, maybe you put BYU in there too. Those four teams are really, I feel, very evenly matched. Anytime you get those teams in a matchup, uh, it's going to be super entertaining. And then after that, you kind of have, I think, your bubble teams, which is going to be like your Oklahoma, your Texas, your Cincinnati, your K-State um, I think those are your bubble teams there, and then really your bottom third um, or your bottom three, UCF, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, I think pretty clearly are probably out of the tournament conversation. I think UCF definitely has a chance. They'd have to go um, go get some big wins down the stretch, but like we always say in the Big 12, you have those opportunities every single game you go out and play. So, um, But yeah, I definitely think that those are kind of the, the tiers for the Big 12 right now. And again, that TCU-Texas Tech game is another example of like, yeah, just don't know what to say. You know, see the result and and see how it affects the them downstream. But more than anything, I mean, I think it's entertainment nonetheless. The, these games have been awesome to watch and follow all year. Um, you know, Oklahoma K State was another one. Oklahoma really taking care of business there, going on the road and beating K State by twenty. 
kind of solidifying their spot. So again, I think we're starting to really find these tiers and find those lines. Um, Georgia Tech knocks off North Carolina, 74-73 in Atlanta. Um, again, this Tech team is not a tournament-bound team. Um, kind of a weird one for North Carolina. Obviously, they responded on Saturday with a big win over the, their crosstown rival, Duke. Um, but yeah, definitely think uh, Georgia Tech's a, you know, a, a solid team and, and good on them for getting the win. But obviously, interesting to see how North Carolina, North Carolina was going to respond. Obviously, they did well um, to get a big win on uh, on Saturday against Duke. Um, also wanted to mention, obviously, neither of these teams really kind of in our purview right now, but Michigan and Michigan State played on Tuesday night. Michigan State gets the victory. That is uh, Coach Izzo's 700th win there uh, for Tom in, in East Lansing. So good for him. Obviously, storied career, one of the best, you know, in the you know active coaches right now um, and one of the best all time. So congratulations to Tom Izzo uh, and his staff. Um, looking at Wednesday night, January the 31st, um, Alabama, again, taking care of business against the Georgia team that's kind of been sneaky. Um, Purdue and Northwestern go to overtime, and uh, Chris Collins has one of the best end-of-game moments You know that we've all seen. I'll let Graham talk a little bit more about that. But overall, really entertaining um, and, and good for Purdue for getting out of there with the win. Um, obviously, some conversations that you can have about officiating through that game um, kind of just is what it is at that point. Um, and there's really not too much you can do. Obviously, Collins made his voice heard, and, and we'll see if anything comes from that. UConn, uh, just, you know, Providence kept it close and good on them, but uh, just completely down the stretch, really just took care of it. I, I, man, I'm telling you, and I really thought St. John's might trim him up too yesterday. This UConn team is unbelievable, and I really am having a hard time seeing where they're going to find trouble in the Big East. Um, outside of Marquette, who I really, really like still, um, I, I just I don't see them tripping up. Obviously, like it's the Big East, you're gonna trip up one place or another, probably uh, more likely than not. But it's this this UConn team might be on track to hold that number one overall seed come selection Sunday, um, which we can talk about now. It is February, so we're we're free to start talking bracket projections, which is just so fun. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to continue with all that. Um, and then Boise State. Uh, they just came to the pit, and I mean, I was riding high on my Lobos last week. Boise State rolls in and just absolutely destroys New Mexico, 86-78. Um, so again, Mountain West, super entertaining to watch. Don't really know what you're going to get you know, from them on a night-to-night basis. Uh, but really big win for the Broncos and their at-large hopes. And then the other one that we had to mention from Wednesday was Florida over Kentucky. And in kind of a weird game for Kentucky, um, I think maybe a little bit, you know, they were looking ahead to the big matchup on Saturday. Uh, and then got tripped up in overtime by a Florida team that, again, you know, maybe a bubble-ish team we'll see, you know, as we come down the stretch. Um, but, yeah, Kentucky, kind of a weird one. And then, obviously, you compound that with a with a loss at home on Saturday. Not a great two-game skid there for, for the Wildcats, and we'll see how they respond uh, moving into next week. And then the only other one, really, from the from the week, uh, or, or a couple more worth mentioning, both coming out of the state of Nebraska. Um, you had Wisconsin going on the road to Pinnacle Bank, uh, going to play Nebraska, and Nebraska gets the win in overtime, 80-72. to Nebraska was down 19 at one point in this game. Um, it was an awesome finish, a really fun one to watch. Um, and good on, good on Nebraska to get the win. Wisconsin, I will stand by. I still think they're a little bit of pretenders. Um, we'll see how they match up well, or how well they match up today against Purdue here this afternoon. Um, 
but we'll revisit Wisconsin obviously next week and kind of see what we glean from them today. And then the other uh, big result coming out of the state of Nebraska was Butler going on the road and getting a 99-98 victory against Creighton. First of all, holy lack of defense. I mean, absolutely unbelievable um, the, the limited amount of defense that was played in this game. Um, but a, a huge win for Butler um, to really keep their at-large hopes alive and kind of sneak around that bubble talk. Creighton a tough one to lose at home. Um, you know, the, those are games where if you're Creighton and you want to be kind of in that top three, top four seed line uh, range, you need to be need to be taking care of those. So good on the Bulldogs, good win for Thad Mata's crew. Um, and, yeah, that kind of wrapped up our week. So before we get to the weekend, Graham, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Um, again, you know, like we always do, give us a couple teams, a couple performances that you really enjoyed during the week um, and a couple things that you wanted to highlight kind of from the past week. Yeah, um, namely this Texas Tech team, you didn't really know what to expect from them going into the season. Um, and they have just slowly week after week have climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed. And then now they've dropped two games in a row. Um, you know, it, it's kind of difficult to, you know, see, you know, where they're going to end up because um, they they didn't really have, like, that defining performance in non-conference. Um, you know, losing that game to Butler was pretty confusing because at the time we didn't really think Butler was going to be anything at all. Um, and I think that this Texas team is re- Texas Tech team is really talented um, but like you said, they're kind of in that you know that middle range of the Big Twelve where um, these games are going to be super close, and there's going to be a team, um, you know, out of Iowa State, Texas Tech, TCU, BYU, Oklahoma, that is going to you know be the fourth team in the Big Big Twelve and is going to be a standout. But you're also going to have a team that's going to be you know flirting and you know with that 10-11 range uh, come March, and this Texas Tech team could very well be either of those um and you know and then going on um into Kentucky this Kentucky team you know after they were able to bounce back from um that loss against UNC Wilmington was really you know kind of leading the charge for the rest of their season they looked really solid at times um they score a lot of points they're they have unbelievable pace um but now with those two losses this week to um florida and tennessee respectively um you're kind of kind of left with this weird spot um they go on the road to vanderbilt this weekend or this week um and you should be able to pull out a big victory against them but then they have a really tough stretch coming out they play uh, gonzaga ole miss and auburn and they really looked like they couldn't handle um tennessee at any point in the game it was kind of just they were being able to keep up with them they weren't really able to respond that well and we've talked and talked for the past three years now about Calipari like is he done can he still do it at the highest of levels and at times this season they have looked like it but they keep dropping these big games um you know ever since the start of the season you know with the Kansas game Texas A&M South Carolina Tennessee like some of their biggest games yeah some of these biggest games of the season, they have not been able to respond. And these next couple games, I think, are season-defining on if they're going to be kind of where they were last year, you know, not really expected much once you get to the tournament. Or are you going to be able to take the SEC by storm and start to pull away because they're starting to fall behind. 
with Tennessee, Auburn, South Carolina, and Alabama all playing their best basketball of the season right now, and Ole Miss, Florida, Texas A&M kind of you know figuring it out. Um, Kentucky cannot drop, can't can't afford to drop many more games in the in the conference. And um, finally, just to um, you know to add on to what Evan already said about Coach Izzo, um, really cool for him to get his 700th win. You don't know how much time he has left in the tank, and I think, you know, we kept saying early on in the year that this Michigan State team isn't that good. Um, they've been dropping games. But when, when you look at um, their schedule and their season, um, they have one um, quad two loss to that James Madison team uh, by three points that ended up starting the season undefeated. And after that, they just haven't been able to knock off any of these really good teams. You know, they've looked really good against Michigan and Maryland, Maryland twice, uh, Minnesota, Rutgers, Penn State. But then when it comes to Northwestern Illinois and Wisconsin, um, they have not been able to knock off these good teams. And I think that this Michigan State team is in optimal position um, to really build up their resume because the rest of their season as it stands right now is a slew of quad two games and two quad one games. And if they can bolster their, their record that is – only part negative I see is that they haven't been able to beat good teams. Well, this is their opportunity to knock off some games um, and be in a really good position for March because, you know, they were one of the most covered teams this summer. A lot of returners, you know, new players, Coach Izzo, um, you can never count them out. Um, this is the time for them to get back to where the where everyone thought they were going to be. No, couldn't agree more, and I, I do think it's Michigan State might be one of the sneaky teams that just kind of sneaks up on you on Selection Sunday, and you're like, oh, so they rolled in, but we didn't really talk about it much. So definitely, they're kind of in that medium, right, where it's like they're not doing anything well enough where we feel like we need to talk about them, right? But they're also not doing so poorly where it's like, you know, a Villanova or an Ohio State where it's like, oh, we got to turn attention to this, where it's like they're playing way under their expected level. You know, Michigan State's just kind of this weird, like, eh, they're solid, they're not great, you know, kind of kind of weird in between. So, anyways, rolling into Saturday, the slate was awesome. I mean, I think, you know, we all can agree that UConn at St. John's, Texas at TCU, Utah State at San Diego State, Houston at Kansas, um, Auburn and Ole Miss, Cincinnati at Texas Tech, uh, obviously Duke at North Carolina, Iowa State at Baylor, uh, Tennessee at Kentucky, um, and then, of course, the nightcap with Gonzaga and St. Mary's, or St. Mary's at Gonzaga. Between all those games, I think everybody was really excited for the day. Outside of Iowa State, Baylor, and the, the Gonzaga-St. Mary's game, like there wasn't really too much uh, super exciting about the day when it comes to, you know, close matchups or you know close finishes or anything like that. Um, so I'll run through them all real quick, and then we'll kind of analyze a couple of them here. UConn St. John's, I mean, back to what we were saying more of earlier, I just, I really don't know who's going to pick off this UConn team. I really thought St. John's might give them a run for their money. And really kind of pedestrian. I mean, a 27-point second half from St. John's. Um, Cam Spencer going off for 23 for UConn. I just, this team is really, really good, and, and they did really well to just absolutely roll that game. Max Aismith led uh, Texas to a, a win over TCU again. Texas you know, starting to be a little bit concerned about that, um, that uh, that at large spot. So if you're Texas, good on you for getting this win, because uh, you need to get 
need to get some momentum rolling kind of down the stretch here um, of the Big 12 with, with you know, a little over a month to go. San Diego State with a big win at home against Utah State. Again, Utah State was only a two-loss team coming into this game. Um, so, so really, really good win there for, for San Diego State to, um, you know, take, take care of business there. Uh, and, and like really emphasize that, that the home court advantage means a lot in this conference. And you also just, again, back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, with the New Mexico Boys State game, you just don't know where you're going to get on a night to night basis. So, um, UCF with the upset over Oklahoma, um, again, UCF just got to pick them off where you can. Again, and then again, you know, like we're saying, Oklahoma kind of that weird kind of middle tier of the Big 12. Kansas, like we mentioned earlier, just rolls over Houston. Um, a huge performance from multiple different guys uh, for that Kansas team. Again, still concerned about the rotation, still concerned about the depth. But if you can, if you can roll with the with the field house and continue to get big wins, you know they're definitely gonna have a chance to compete for that Big 12 regular season title. Um, and, and then we'll see how that depth might hurt them a little bit come postseason play. Uh, but for now, you just got to continue to take care of business and, and you know, win, win, the, win the, the conference games that you can when you, when you get the chance. So definitely a, a good on them for, for taking care of that win there. Cincinnati uh, gets a big road win against Texas Tech. This is a huge one for Xavier fans and for the Xavier community. Um, that actually upgraded uh, UC to a quad one game. So now Xavier's in three and seven in quad one. Um, so good win for the Musketeers uh, and obviously for the Bearcats as well. Again, not looking like they're tournament bound as of now, but kind of, again, sitting around that bubble conversation, them in Texas are in a very similar position. So we'll have to see, you know, what happens going forward. Um, Duke at North Carolina, you know, kind of was what it was hyped up to be. It was a much closer second half than first half, but North Carolina really just came out firing. Um, Baycott had the game he needed to have uh, for North Carolina. He had 25-10. and 10. That was awesome to see. Um, Baylor-Iowa State was a wild game. Um, Scott Drew got thrown out of his first game ever in his career, which is absolutely absurd. Um, and then there was a, I don't know if you saw it, Graham, but it was a, a last-second shot by Iowa State that went in uh, and was eventually called off because it didn't get out of his hand quick enough. It was really, really close. Um, but again, Baylor holds on for a, a good at-home victory, and that was a super entertaining game for those that caught it um, amidst the Duke-North Carolina game. Tennessee-Kentucky, again, similar deal. Tennessee came out and pounced on the Wildcats pretty early and and really stayed ahead of them most of the day. Um, so the Volunteers get a huge, huge victory, 103-92. They put 100 on Kentucky. I, mean, I know the defense is bad, but holy cow. And Tennessee doesn't really score at a super high clip either, so... Really shocking to see that one. Uh, and then the nightcap with Gonzaga and St. Mary's was a bit of an odd one. Um, you had, you know, many complaints about the officials, um, which is bound to happen, you know, at least a, a game or two a weekend. But you have all these complaints about officials, which turned into Gonzaga students actually throwing um, trash onto the floor, which like straight up that is just disgusting like i don't get me wrong i love the kennel i think it's one of the coolest atmospheres in college hoops there it was one of their camp out games i know so i know that's a big deal for them and their students um the atmosphere looked absolutely popping if you saw any videos you know the 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 jumping and the you know the chanting and all that it looked great it looked like a great atmosphere there was never a time where 
there should be garbage or any objects thrown onto the floor uh, because of frustration with officiating or with coaching or with players or anything like that. Um, and so that is, it was really unfortunate to see and a really unfortunate way to end what was, what it was actually a really good game. Tough to see Mark Few have to go over to the students and, and really make that statement. So I just had to put that out there. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, we kind of covered Saturday, but Graham, was there anything, obviously we talked a little bit, Tennessee, Kentucky, um, and, and Kansas Houston, was there anything else that really, uh, you know, stood off the, you know, you know, kind of stood off the page to you that, that was really shocking or, or exciting about this Saturday in college hoops? Yeah, um, I think in in a in a weekend where there's so many like, you know, top teams going at each other, some of these games are still really good games that you'd probably circle if they were on Tuesday or Wednesday. Kind of flew under the radar, and one of those being Texas at TCU. Um, this Texas team has really struggled in Big Twelve play and didn't really look all that great going into it. Um, and, you know, this was a team that everyone was talking about. You know, how is Max Aismas going to do? You're bringing back Dylan DeSue and some other great players from that tournament run last year. Um, and knocking off TCU on the road is season-saving, in my opinion. Um, you know, I've seen them on the bubble. I've seen them outside of it. And I think that this win really puts you in, you know, back into the car and, you know, you're probably still in the back seat. Don't really know where you're going, but they are definitely in position to be in position, as Rothstein says. Yeah. And I think that they're really talented. And I, um, and Coach Rodney, you know, he's, I think he did a really, really good job last year. Um, I think that there's a lot of room to grow with this Texas team. Getting that big win, um, is really is really good for them. Um, and then secondly. Auburn Ole Miss, another game that you know kind of falls under the radar because of all these other good games. Um, we talked about Ole Miss, um, you know, are they, are they really that good? You know, they started off really strong. Um, and now you're, you're now at five and four in the conference. Um, they couldn't handle Auburn both times. They probably lost by a combined 60 points. And now they have a tough stretch of out South Carolina who's looking like one of the best teams in the SEC right now up there with Alabama. And then you have to go on the road to a really hungry Kentucky team. Um, and I, I think that Ole Miss is kind of starting to fall off the wagon. You know, their resume isn't that wasn't good enough to keep them um, really high in metrics or you know when comes tournament time for seeding. So they have they're gonna have some room to grow here. Um, and we already talked about Kansas. That was probably you know my most notable result. And and I just want to just add in one more thing. You know, it was great that Duke and North Carolina is really having some stake um, yeah, back. True back in the college game I feel like the last few years that there's always been one team that's marginally better um even all time if they're neck and neck um and you know Jerry McCain or Amanda Baycott you know showing up big game players um that game was you know really cool to see that North Carolina was able to defend home court um and th those two teams are look like the clear best teams um in the oh. ace ACC right now, you know, some of the teams, you know, that we talked about earlier in the year, you know, Virginia Tech, Clemson, Miami have really been unable to, you know, even run the gauntlet in the ACC. Um, and, you know, a sneaky team to talk about is Virginia. Um, Evan's always going to be high on Virginia and uh, Bennett and 
love Bennett. You know, I, I'm not the you know the biggest truther in the world, but the fact that they're 17 and five, been able to take care of business, um, it's gonna gonna be fun to see what uh, what else that they're able to do this season. Um, looking ahead, um, they don't have to play you know Duke or North Carolina until later in the season, so they can stack some wins. Um, most notably, they have Florida State, Pitt, and Miami coming up. Um, all teams are kind of struggling. If Virginia can kind of put their foot on the ground, um, this could be a team that could make the tournament and then some. Yeah. Um, they look really talented, and you know there, there's something to be said about some of these teams that aren't in the top 25. That when everyone else is beating up on each other, if you can just uh, keep stacking these wins, you're going to be in a good position come March. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also forgot to mention for our mid-major audience, one of the biggest mid-major games of the year uh, happened yesterday. We had uh, Drake was playing at Indiana State. Uh, Indiana State got a big, big victory for them, really solidifying their at-large bid case. So I think if you're the Missouri Valley, this is actually kind of best-case scenario because um, if you're fortunate enough to have. Indiana State continue to take care of business in the Missouri Valley um, and look like a really solid team. And then if you have you know Drake able to get hot late in the season and go win that Arch Madness, that's probably your best chance at a two-bid MBC. So definitely uh, you know for our mid-major listeners out there, um, something to keep an eye on there. Um, but a good win for Indiana State. Um, upcoming this week, nothing, n- no big like headline games. Obviously, Kansas Baylor over the weekend should be a good one. Um, there's a handful of others, but really, anytime you get Big Twelve or Big East ball, you definitely got to get it on. Um, of course, your Mountain West games late at night as well. There's there's a handful of good ones, um, but really, what what we need to focus on this week is what a big week it is for Xavier. Obviously, taking care of business this past week, finally get you know really getting something clicking. Um, it seems, you know, after the embarrassing defeat to UConn on Sunday, you're able to middle of the week, kind of an arm's length victory, a, a good solid victory over a pretty solid St. John's team at home, 88-77. That's a huge win. And then they're just a no doubter uh, last night uh, in Chicago against DePaul, just like, you know, it, it was a little, I mean, you know, a couple of my friends and I were talking before the game. It seemed a little trappy, like a little, you know, you were a little nervous going into the game. Um, you know, definitely had the opportunity to, to turn into something sour for the Musketeers. But, no, just a no-doubter, a 93-68 victory. Really took care of business. Quincy Oliveri, obviously, with the headliner, uh, with 43 points. Um, first Musketeer with 40-plus since 2017 with Trayvon Blewett, which I thought was a pretty awesome stat. So, um Good on him and good on the Musketeers getting the getting the two wins this week. Now you enter this week, you got Villanova at home and Creighton at home. Graham, am I absolutely insane for saying you got to go two and zero? Um, only a little bit. I I think that there's a lot of games left. Um, but if there's, I think that the Villanova game, um, is really important because that's a quad two game, and you really need to, you can't afford to lose many bad games. And not that Villanova, um, a Villanova loss, you know, just completely knocks you out of the tournament. But when you're looking ahead, you have Seton Hall, Creighton, Marquette twice, and Butler as quad one games. Um, And then you have DePaul, Georgetown, Providence, and Villanova. Those four games, I think, are non-negotiable that you have to win because when you're going to be looking at, I think, uh, no matter how the season goes out, unless we win out, I think we're going to be on, you know, on the table for the committee, you know, comparing resumes. And 
you know, I, I think that we can, you know, get away with the two quad three losses because it's earlier in the season and, you know, we've made up some ground since then, especially with how strong our schedule has been. But, you know, if you if you add many losses to the quad two and quad three column, it's going to be really hard to come back from, even if you're able to knock off some wins. Um, I think that this Villanova game is extremely important. If you if you get in a win, you kind of go into Creighton um, with a little bit more freedom. And that, that's how you have to treat that game. Um, I feel like once our backs are against the wall, it's going to be really hard in the Big East, you know, kind of play on edge. Um, if you get a big win against Villanova, you're set up well for the weekend um, before that road game at Seton Hall next week. Um, 2-0 would definitely put you in a great position. Um, and I think it's extremely doable. I mean, the Villanova game, we played a fairly fairly good game. And the ball just didn't bounce our way towards the end. You know, we had three great great looks at the basket, three shots that we've been able to make before that game and after that game, and even during. Um, and that Creighton game, that Creighton, Creighton team is really talented, and they really fill up the stat sheet. But at the same time, we were very well into that game. Um, it was just a few little lapses and a few little runs that Creighton pulled together that we weren't able to respond with, especially on the road. Um, you look at those two games, the two losses where you were very well in the game. You had a lead at some point. Um, and I think that's how you treat that game is like, look, we were right there. You know, this is the second time around and we need these wins. Um, I think that we there's the future to go 2-0 and and then have four wins in a row um, is definitely, definitely a possibility. I agree. It's definitely a possibility. I think another thing, too, is at this point in the season, I know this is you know maybe a little bit blown out of proportion because obviously at the end they just look at their you know supposedly they just look at resumes and the, and the finished product, but I think there is something to kind of catching people's attention, right? And when you're doing this whole like oh win two lose one win three lose one, you know you're not really able to get going on a streak. You're not going to catch that many people's attention, especially if it's a bad loss, you know, kind of mixed in there. I think this is a really good opportunity where if you knock off Villanova and Creighton within the week. I think that really puts you on the radar because so I think Villanova is kind of a non-negotiable. You got to have it, but if you go and beat Creighton, I think it kind of puts you on the national radar a little bit more. People say, "Oh, okay, Xavier beat Creighton. All right, let's take a look at the Xavier team. What what have they done? Where are they at?" And they look at the schedule and see, "Oh my gosh, they've rattled off four in a row, um, and they're in." That would be what that'd be seven of nine at that point. One, two, three, four. Yeah. So if you yeah, so if you win that, you you would have won seven of nine, and your two losses are to Creighton and UConn on the road. Like then teams are gonna be like, or you know, analysts, teams, other you know, bracketologists, things like that are gonna look at this team and be like, okay, like they're really starting to click and really starting to put things together. So I definitely think there's something to that as well. Um, and then you know, especially with that too, if you if you're able to pick off these two. You start to have a lot of really good confidence going into a really tough Seton Hall game next week. I think that that game in New Jersey next week is going to be a really, really difficult one, um, and it, it, you know is is kind of a lead into really how difficult the stretch is going to be um, through the end of February, pretty much. So, uh, but yeah, big big time week coming up for the Musketeers. Obviously, you know, hope you all are able to lock in um, and enjoy the games from wherever. Hopefully, here in the Cintas Center, you know, in Cincinnati or from your home, on your couch, whatever it may be. Um, but definitely uh, uh, time to you know t- time to grind it here as we get into February. So um, thank you all again for listening. As always, myself, Evan Shibble, Graham Griffith, uh, the Norwood Noise podcast here Sunday, February 4th. We're wrapping it up here, and we'll talk to you again next week. 
um, after a big week for the Musketeers. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.